Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. And in today's episode, we are covering a brand new asset class that we have never covered before, parking lots. We are reviewing what the pros and cons of investing in parking lots are. We are chatting with Brian Spear from Sunrise Capital Investors. We're going to break this interview down into two episodes. And the next one will be more on why he recommends funds versus syndications, plus a few other questions. Here we go. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you because we have a very special asset class that we're going to cover today that has never been covered here before. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, no, no. Very much appreciated, Steph, and certainly happy to be here. Thank you very much for, for the invite. Um, Brian Spear, originally born and raised in the Chicagoland area. You know, the last 15 years or so, we've been spending a lot of time focused on the mobile home park sector, a principle for Sunrise Capital Investors is what I do day to day now. Um, for the last decade, we basically just bought and sold a lot of mobile home parks in about 14 states on the eastern half of the, of the country. Uh, but my very first experience with mobile home parks was when I lived in one when I was 10 years old. Um, my, my parents got divorced, fell on hard times. And every single month when I'm taking the check over to the landlord, I'm thinking to myself, how can I be on the other side of this table? <laughs> so just worked really hard throughout my adolescence uh, in an effort to try to ultimately uh, turn the tables, if you will, and then took a, a job traveling throughout the country, truly just building piles of cash in an effort to try to make as much money as possible, build piles of cash, all the while knowing that I wanted to turn them into streams of income. And then eventually when I kind of got that, uh, those piles big enough, decided to take the leap, go full-time into real estate. And that's when I branched off and truly just started going out and, and buying mobile home parks with my business partner, Kevin Bupp. And uh, as of late, you know, the interesting thing that you were mentioning at the beginning of the podcast, while we've been doing mobile home parks for the past decade, in the last couple of years, we've kind of branched off and leveraged um, some of the uh, our core competency, if you will, of going off market direct to owner and leveraged that in a unique niche, parking lots and garages, something that not a lot of people are doing. So love to, to chat about that today, if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that. That was a very good elevator uh, intro. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive into parking lots. What made you think about them and um, and get into them to begin with? Great question. So, um, you know, we've always felt like we try to zig when others are zagging. Nobody really ever bragged about owning mobile home parks around the water cooler, especially a decade ago. It's not this asset class that everybody would kind of brag about. As of late, over the past couple of years, it's become much more of a, a hot commodity, much more of a well-known asset class. I mentioned this at the outset, but our core competency is going off-market direct to owner to acquire assets in true off-market deals. And, and when I say true off-market, I mean outside the purview of a, of a broker. Your, your listener base, likely familiar with all the various sectors of commercial real estate, but I'll just use multifamily as an example, where oftentimes you'll go to a broker and that's where the vast majority of these deals are transacted through a commercial real estate broker. And even those quote off-market deals are usually pocket listings where a broker yeah. usually kind of shops it amongst his preferred, maybe three, four, five different preferred buyers. And in a hot market like this, even a pocket listing typically ends up trading somewhere around the market value. But if you remove the broker entirely and make it a true off-market transaction, 
by doing a bunch of cold calls, direct mail, things of this nature, then you can usually buy deals with a nice margin of safety right at acquisition. That's kind of what we've been doing for, for, for the last decade. And over time, as mobile home parks became more and more and more well-known, our strategy began to be implemented um, along the way. And part of that is kind of uh, uh, due to our team. We actually um, host uh, our own podcast called the Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast, where we kind of take our business model, turn it inside out, teach everybody what we do, right? So uh, we've kind of created some of our own competition to a degree. Uh, but in, in any event, um, people started kind of mimicking that strategy. Uh, you know, but our team literally does somewhere between 16 and 20,000 outbound cold calls each and every month. Um, and that works exceptionally well in fragmented industries. And as cap rates have kind of compressed over the past decade in the manufactured housing industry, just like everybody else, we're seeking yield. What are the best opportunities to provide the best risk-adjusted returns in the marketplace to our investors? And uh, we happen to stumble upon the unique niche of parking. It's very, very, very overlooked asset class. Not a lot of people digging into it. And I will never forget going to my very first parking conference. This is a national parking <laughs> conference. I will never forget it. The the juxtaposition of the candidates that were there, the qualified folks that were there. On one side of the table, you had unbelievably high quality institutional folks that run billion dollar businesses that are publicly traded operators, exceptional folks, high quality skill sets. And then on the other side of the table, you have exceptionally old school mom and pop owners of assets that Sometimes, you know, they, they've been running a parking lot in their generate, you know, the last 40 years themselves in, in a family business, and maybe they, he's handed it off to his kid and, and they basically are just accepting payments, um, you know, sitting outside the parking lot in the front, you know, in a lawn chair with an umbrella over him taking cash payments. So I remember feverishly scrambling on our flight back home and jotting down a SWOT analysis, telling my business partner why I felt we should at least take a deep dive into this to see if it's something that we should uh, explore. Um, it was a very fragmented industry where the vast majority of the owners in the asset class only own one asset, uh, one parking lot or one garage. And we know that uh, kind of the strategy that we've employed historically of going off market direct to owner in mobile home parks likely will do very well in, in parking as well. And the more that we dug, the more overlap that we saw amongst parking and mobile home parks. Both are very, very favorable long-term macroeconomic tailwinds. There's actually a decreasing supply of parking throughout the entirety of the country, and the demand for parking continues to increase and will continue to increase for the next several decades. It's exceedingly fragmented with a lot of mom and pop operators. We have the chance to go off market direct to owner, buy assets with a nice margin of safety. And we view it as a long-term cash flowing covered land play. Our team, we don't have a very short term horizon when we invest. It's not kind of a buy, fix and sell model or a fix and flip model. We truly view ourselves as investors, long-term buy and hold investors, if you will. We invest for cash flow and legacy wealth. The cash flow from the parking lot covers the carrying costs in the near term. And the land play suggests that over very long periods of time, the underlying land value will just increase in value because you're buying assets that are in exceptional location, location, locations. We're buying and closing out a, another parking asset, but it literally is on the number one beach in the entire country, Clearwater Beach. It was newly constructed in 2017. And I would venture to guess, I'd pose to you that that underlying land value on Clearwater Beach probably going to be worth more in 10, 20, 30 years than it is today, right? So these are just exceptional uh, cash flow and covered land plays. So you get the land on all the parking lot deals as well? Correct. Yeah, the okay. idea, uh, we've historically always said we like to operate our mobile home parks like a parking lot. 
you know, when we, <laughs> when we buy the mobile home parks, we don't like to own the homes themselves. We just want to own the land. Yeah. And we want the residents to own their own homes and we just charge them lot rent on a monthly basis. And it's the same sort of philosophy, the same sort of thought process in parking. We want to own the land. The value from our perspective is in the long-term ownership of the land itself. Um, and folks just literally drive their car up and, and uh, park on an hourly basis. So let's dive into the pros and cons of parking lots, as I'm sure there are plenty that you discovered as soon as you <laughs> purchase your first one. Why don't we dive into those? Yeah, you know, uh, I would say that um, I would say just high level macroeconomics, right? The benefits, starting with seeking favorable long term economics, the demand for parking is growing and will continue to grow over the next several decades. Uh, the two largest generations that we have, uh, Gen Z and the millennials are the largest generations in the entire country. Actually, over half of the entirety of the population is consisting of those two generations. As, as, they, can, as they continue to age, they're going to ultimately need vehicles and travel throughout the entirety of the country, et cetera. So that demand is continuing to increase while there is a supply that is shrinking of parking over time. As the population grows, cities are getting more and more dense and developers are ultimately taking some of the high quality parcels in downtown CBDs and redeveloping those assets into a higher and better uses. There's actually a UCLA professor's a gentleman by the name of Donald Shoup. He wrote a book called The High Cost of Free Parking in 2005, where he basically goes into the fact that a lot of municipalities that allow free parking, you know, they might have a free parking garage or free on-street parking that is actually adversely affecting the local economy. And both sides of the political aisle agree with this philosophy, uh, both the, the, the red side and the, and the blue side agree with this philosophy. Over time, the data has shown that this is ultimately uh, something that needs to be enacted. When you enact his ultimate uh, measures, he's proposing that a lower supply of parking is actually needed in those downtown urban CBDs. And for that reason, a lot of uh, municipalities are putting a moratorium on brand new parking. Carmel, California, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Buffalo, a lot of different municipalities have basically banned the creation of new parking in their cities. And for that reason, that unique supply and demand imbalance bodes well over very long periods of time. I already touched on the massive mom and pops that are in the industry. I feel like I'm burying the lead here. It's all about location, location, location. These are prime parcels in some of the best Um, locations in the country, just by the mere fact that somebody is willing to pay you, exactly. they're willing to pay you money yeah. just for the right to stand on my piece of land, tells you that you're in a very high quality downtown central urban business district or a very high traffic tourist destination. So it's exceptionally high quality land. You know, keep going here, just low maintenance costs. There's really not a lot going on inside of a parking lot, right? You got some bumper blocks, you got some striping, but there's not a lot of high capital expenditures inside of a parking lot. So the vast majority of the revenue ultimately goes to the bottom line. And if you follow any of Warren Buffett's investment philosophy over time, when you have that higher margin, lower capital expenditures, that bodes well, because the cash flow that these assets throw off can ultimately be used to either send out distributions to shareholders or purchase additional cash flowing assets and help you kind of grow wealth and build more wealth over time. So those are just some of the things that we just love about, about the asset class. Uh, not, to, not to mention the fact that there's not a lot of folks doing it, right? There's low competition here um, in this crazy fragmented industry. And we feel like we're ahead of this wave of folks trying to consolidate the industry. It's, it's very much a blue ocean. Um, there was a, a business book written back in 2005 by some um, Harvard Business School professor called uh, The Blue Ocean Strategy, whereby you have an option when you're implementing a business model to either go choose to partake in a 
very competitive environment where they're, you know, if you just envision a, a, an ocean where there's a bunch of sharks swimming around and they're all trying to get this one fish and somebody's ultimately going to get that fish, but there's going to be a lot of blood in the water. It's very competitive. On the flip side, you can choose to play in a completely blue ocean where you're the only individual out there doing what you're doing, implementing your business model, you're creating your own competition to a degree. And we would much prefer to implement a business model in that vein where uh, we're not um, operating with a litany of competition, which is compressing margins and a shrinking profit pool. It's an opportunity to try to create outsized risk adjusted returns for our partners. Okay. So yeah, great positives. Now let's dive into some of the negatives in that space. That's a, another great one. So from our perspective, obviously, we feel like the positives significantly outweigh the negatives. Sure. But in terms of negatives, I would say that because it is fragmented, it is more difficult, I would say, to scale in the industry due to the fact that the ownership structure is such that you know most folks only own that one asset or those two couple of mm -hmm. assets. So in order to scale, you're not able to buy facilities and swaths, large swaths, even Invitation Homes, who's been rolling up single family rentals over the last decade and ultimately went public. The single family residential space is largely fragmented as well, but there are even some more, I would say, mom and pop guys that not, not only own one home, but own 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 homes over time. And they can start to compile like chunks of portfolios and ultimately scale a little bit quicker. And parking, it's, it's much more of a slow, steady plod. Another one of the drawbacks associated with parking, when compared to some of the other asset classes in the marketplace, is on the financing side, I would say. While uh, there are some good lenders, just the mere fact that it's not terribly well known, there are fewer lenders in the marketplace that understand the asset class. And for that reason, um, especially if you have a more modest sized parking lot, you're likely going to have more difficulty garnering the best and most attractive financing terms available in the marketplace. The government kind of subsidizes, if you will, residential financing um, through SFR, multifamily, built to rent, mobile home parks, these sorts of things, the agencies will actually subsidize them to a degree and provide better yields and better returns than what you might find in some of the other asset classes. And, and you certainly don't have that benefit. It's not residential on the parking side. But even amongst all the different commercial real estate sectors, parking is a little bit of a, of, of a unique, nuanced asset class. There are fewer specialized lenders there. Once you get, kind of get to grow and know the network, um, you can leverage some of the specialty brokers, parking brokers that know all of the players in the industry. Uh, but if you're kind of just getting started, you might have some difficulty locating the best players to help you garner the best financing, most attractive financing in the marketplace, especially if you're only buying parking lots on small scale and, and maybe secondary markets, things of this nature. So how did you find that first lender? Of great stuff. So our first lender is just by networking. So you know, you go to these parking conferences and Got I it. was uh, extremely excited. There, there's a handful of those uh, uh, national conferences on an annual basis and it's a relatively small industry. Because these are relatively small niches, you have the ability to climb the ladder from my perspective a little quicker than what you might otherwise be able to do in some of the other asset classes. You can network with some of the players that are top tier in the industry uh, by virtue of kind of attending some of these uh, conferences and things of that nature and getting some liquid courage and uh, spending some time um, in the conferences, talking shop with some of the players in the industry. You can hopefully garner some of those business cards that will help you uh, attract some of the better debt uh, available. That's awesome. I always tell people go to a conference for any new asset class. That's the number one step. You are going to meet so many people that can help you. 
Yeah, no, you can do you can do a ton of of um, learning and educational stuff, you know, while you're driving, listening to podcasts, all great stuff. But at some point, you kind of got to get out there and, and meet people and start to take an action in that uh, manner as well. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at monicarlorei.com. We will at some point have some deals for you guys. And I will see you next time.